prepare your ears, humans. Happy, sad, confused begins now. Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Jamie Campbell Bauer on his music on Stranger Things, on Twilight, Harry Potter, and more. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. I don't know if you guys are regular subscribers to the podcast. You probably are if you're listening to this, but I hope you're not bombarded by all these episodes. We've had we've had a lot going on. Um, this is our second episode of this week. I think we had two last week. Uh, we might keep up this pace for a while. Um, this is it's been just a, a good time for folks to to chat with people that I'm dying to chat with, and when it rains, it pours. So today's episode is indeed Jamie Campbell Bauer, someone, another another um, young man who I've had a, a long history with. And it's a, like I've said before, it's so great to meet these folks at different stages of their career. Um, Jamie is in such a great place right now. I'm so happy for him. He's having a hell of a year, a hell of a summer. He is, of course, spoiler alert for Stranger Things fans who have not caught up, spoiler alert, he's the big bad. He is Vecna. He is Henry Creel. He is one. Uh, a great performance in the new season of Stranger Things, and better yet, he's going to be on the, the last season, too, as the big bad. Um, we're going to talk all about that. We talk all about his new music, which is not new to him. He's been making music his entire career, but something he's always been passionate about and something um, that continues to be uh, creative fulfilling for him, and certainly the fans are there for it, too. Uh, he has intentions and aspirations to tour with it. We get into that. And we also dive into all things, you know, all phases of his career. Um, he was, of course, in the Twilight films. He revealed to me in this conversation that he was, in fact, yes, up for Edward at first in Twilight. We also talk about his role in the Harry Potter films. And this I did not know. And I don't know if this is public knowledge. He auditioned to play Harry Potter as well. He has a great story about that. So, um... It's a great chat, and we're not even getting into the, the, the really interesting substantive stuff, which is that Jamie was, was really open and honest and talking, as he has been in the past, about his, uh, his sobriety. He's been sober. I think he's been sober, he says, for seven-plus years. Um, and his words on this, in this conversation I know will be meaningful to many people um, talking about the issues he's faced and how he's navigated them and how he's come out the other side. Um, just a, a, a good guy, and, and like I said, it's it's just great to meet folks at different stages and to see him now uh, in a good place, career and, and personally, uh, makes, makes me happy. So uh, this was a conversation we recorded live for the Patreon audience. As you may or may not know, we've been doing a few of these live uh, episodes. So um, we did the one with Graham McTavish, we did this with Jamie. And basically what that means is what you'll hear is is the normal podcast conversation. Um, you'll just hear references to the live audience, which, of course, um, you can't participate in. I'm sorry if you're listening to this podcast unless you have the power to turn back time. Um, and what a strange use of your power to turn back time to be in a live Patreon Happy Set Confused episode. But that's on you. Um, uh, so you'll hear references to the live audience and to some of their questions there. If you want to get in on these live chats... You know the answer, patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. We'll continue to do more of them. Um, we're also putting up this conversation, uh, as we do now with all conversations, on the YouTube page. Go over to youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. 
Um, so much content there, guys. Uh, John Boyega last week, Neil Gaiman, Natalie Emanuel, and all the old archive stuff. Go to youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz, subscribe, and you'll be the first one to see all the new stuff. Unless you're on the Patreon when you get the early access. <laughs> all right, en enough, enough of that uh, silliness. Um, I do want to mention live events because there's a lot coming up. Uh, we've already mentioned in late October, October 25th, I'll be talking to Ralph Macchio about his new memoir and Cobra Kai and Karate Kid and everything at Symphony Space, October 25th in the evening. I'll be chatting with him. Uh, the link to that is in the show notes. On September, let me get this right, September 29th, I'll be talking to Mila Kunis. I believe her new film is The Luckiest Girl in the World. We're going to screen that film. I'm going to do a live Happy Sad Confused chat with her. I'm very excited for that. She's never done the podcast, but I've always enjoyed chatting with her. Uh, that's at 92nd Street Y. Again, evening of September 29th. Um, what else can I say? I think by the time you listen to this, I think by the time you listen to this, I can say this. Um, new York Comic Con, October 9th. I think it's 4 p.m. I'll be moderating the panel for Weird. Yes, Weird is the Weird Al biopic. I'm so excited for this. I'm going to see it very soon. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Evan Rachel Wood, Weird Al will make an appearance, I think virtually, but that'll work for me. Um, can't wait for that. October 9th, if, if you're in New York at New York Comic Con, come on by. 4 p.m. is the big panel for Weird. I will be moderating that. Um, so yeah, lots of opportunities to see me up close and personal in person. Come on out if you can, buy tickets to the events. And again, as I said, as always on the Patreon, you get discount codes. So check that out, patreon.com slash happy, sad, confused. Um, I think that's all the business at hand. Let's get right to this once upon a time live event with uh, the ever charming, the very talented uh, Mr. Jamie Campbell Bauer. Enjoy. We've made it, Jamie. Are you still there? I'm here. Oh, th this is the, the biggest exhale of the entire conversation. Going live, that moment before you go live, I just, usually I rely on a camera crew, people that know better than me, but when I have to hit the go live button, Jamie, it's just, uh, I, I feel like I, I need to run to the bathroom. I'm, I'm sweating. It's horrible. There's no redos. There's no redos. We're here. It's present. We're in the moment. <laughs> this is 2022 encapsulated. Just two dudes talking into their computers, trying to make a connection. Screaming into the internet, into the void. Help us. <laughs> uh, an official welcome to the audience watching live and a, a welcome to folks that are watching us in 75 years after we're dead and buried. Hopefully you enjoy this conversation. This was 2022. This was Jamie Campbell Bauer and Josh Horowitz. This is what we did back then. Um, <laughs> most importantly, uh, thank you to the audience joining us live. We're going to take uh, your questions from Mr. Jamie Campbell Bauer. Uh, you might see a little um, button that says, ask a question. That's where you do it, guys. Just write in your question there. Uh, and if you want to be on camera, if I get my shit together and f actually figure out a way to do it, just write in, in the question, yes, I'm cool with being on camera. Maybe I'll, I'll make a stab at it and hopefully our computers won't explode. Um, but the man of the hour, let's get right into it. Jamie, uh, it's so good to see you. Congratulations. You, you've had a good summer, man. The music, Stranger Things. It's, it's a good time to be Jamie Campbell Bauer. Just tell me how you're doing. What's the summer been like for you, man? It's been great. Um... 
it started it started sort of chaotically with the release of the show um you know it, it, for me i hadn't been able to talk about it for what two and a half years so when i was finally able to divulge all this information there was this sort of verbal diarrhea that just sort of spewed forwards um very exciting uh, you know an incredible project to talk about an incredible show to be a part of um and then you know I, i've been working for 15 years now so i know when things kind of get crazy and what i need to do to remain human and myself right. and not kind of get you know too wrapped up in it and try and remain grounded so there was a sort of two week period where i was like oh like the mind was just everywhere it was it was living in the clouds and then i was like wow i need to reground regroup meditate stay yep. focused stay centered you know um so I was doing all of that there's been a lot of great travel i've met some amazing people um it's it's been it's been just it's been beautiful it's been a real blessing it's it's been you know not without its ups and downs but that's life that's life it's never well, plain you, sailing. you bring up something that i wanted to kind of talk about because i remember talking to you way back when in the mortal instruments era and kind of like the the, the first round of like jamie campbell bauer has arrived moment a, a, a couple years after sweeney todd and it was it was an exciting time and it you're at such a different place, I know, in your life and career and personally. And you just alluded to this, like, there must be a, a weird kind of sense of deja vu. You're, you know, you're not 22. You're a man that's kind of been through it. And like, just talk to me a little bit about, you know, this next, this, this new um, opportunity or this like kind of second chance at, you know, quote unquote, mainstream success. Do, do you feel like you, you're going into this with a much different attitude given all that you've been through career-wise and personal-wise. Absolutely. I mean, for me, you know, in my early 20s and my mid-20s, and even my late 20s, once, you know, once I'd gotten sober, um, I was still figuring myself out. There were still parts of me that I had yet to get to grips with. Um, and now, you know, at 33, I'm much more able to understand myself and my career and the importance of creating beautiful art and that it's very little to do with me at the end of the day, you know. Um, I think when any young person encounters a level of interest in them, it's always a very jarring, and, and, and strange experience. And now I look at life like, and I look at the world, you know, it's like we're all at school together. It, 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 we're, we're here and actors or creative people are putting on shows. Like my agent said this the other day, he was like, darling, we're just putting on shows in the barn and we're right. hoping that people come to see the show. And if it resonates with them, then fantastic. And if it doesn't, then we try again and we do better and we figure out why um so th that for me is like a huge part mentally now and and i think i'm just a lot more i'm a lot happier i'm i'm i'm, I'm just a lot happier now i i'm really i really really am 
and I'm able to deal with life on life's terms now and and know that you know like I just said you know the trajectory of anyone's career or life is never this sort of like continual upward graph it, it goes up and it goes down and it's about how you deal with each of those things and how I maintain myself in those moments of the peaks and in those moments of the trough you know it, it's if I can try and remain at peace at all times when the external forces are doing whatever they're gonna do right. then I'm able to handle it and I'm able to manage it you know I, I have no control over anything other than me and and that's great and, and what people I think from the outside looking into often realize is there's the professional stuff and the ups and downs, as you said, that is often totally out of your control. Even if you make a great film or TV show, the marketing might not be there. It might just not hit in the right way. And it's like, also, meanwhile, like a loved one could be dying. You could be going through a breakup. Things could be great. It's like, these are, these are totally different tracks and only with wisdom and age and having been through it a few times, can you kind of rationalize that? Cause like when, yeah, when you're 22, it's all connected and you're just, you probably just like feel like, well, it's never going to end. It's going to get better. This is how it is. I mean, yeah. you, of course, and I do want to, if you'll indulge me, go back a little bit, like Sweeney Todd, I know we're going way mm. back, but that was your first film. And, and it just boggles my mind when I think about that. Cause Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, Sondheim, a musical, Pinewood Studios, like everything about it was like, it, it kind of doesn't get better than that. It, it just, can you take me back to that? Like, what was, what was the intimidating part of that? What was the exciting part of that? What, what jumps out when, when you think back to those times? Uh, all of it was intimidating and all of it was exciting. Uh, I mean, I got that job. I, I found out that I'd booked a job the week of my 18th birthday. So I had a party at my house. My parents put on this beautiful, you know, sort of lunch and we hired in these like you know ratchet old like farm tables and all my friends came and I was still living I was I was at boarding school so I was still living at school so I was being picked up in the morning at like 5 a.m to go to Pinewoods and then back at like 9 p.m and it was a very surreal experience but an experience that at that time felt very natural in a strange way uh, you know I, I I I'm sure you ask me but like I started life you know like on stage from quite a young age uh, doing musical theater predominantly right. so to kind of step into doing something that was still musical theater felt very kind of normal for me in a strange way however obviously it's timber and you know it's like you're at pinewood it's not normal at all um the most intimidating experience i think i had throughout that whole process however was i remember we were tracking the orchestra parts at air studios in north london and there was like a 72 piece orchestra and stephen sondheim was there Tim was there, Johnny was there, Helena was there, Laura Michelle Kelly was there. And I remember stepping into the booth to live track 
my vocal as Anthony Hope in front of all these legends and these icons in front of the huge orchestra in this recording studio that has so much history. And Nora Michelle Kelly noticed that I was really nervous. And she was like, what I like to do is I like to pretend that I'm holding a chair above my head. It helps me to breathe deeper. So I went in there and tried that and it, I just failed. <laughs> it was so, I couldn't do it. I was, and so I ended up having to retract my vocal at a smaller studio in Chiswick in West London um, with, I believe his name was Mike, who was doing, our, who was doing our, our sound and just feeling a lot more like relaxed and, and at peace. Um, but that whole experience was, was very, I, I remember it with such fondness and it, it, it was a very beautiful and, you know, what a, what a blessing, like what a blessing yeah. to, to do that for your first job. Like that, that is, that really is, like you say, you know, it's, 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 it's for some people, it's the peak, it's everything. And, and, and I'm so grateful that I was able to be a part of that. Um, but it was amazing and and, it, and I've been so fortunate that, you know, 99.9% .9 of everyone I've ever worked with has been so gracious. And I've learned on the job, not only how to do my job, but also how to be in my job, how to, and that comes from the older performers that I'm working with who have done this for time. You know, people like Ian McKellen, you are so gracious with every single person that they meet and so much fun and so, and so brilliant at what they do. And I've been so fortunate because I've been able to witness that, pick up on it and go, God, that's just, you're so lovely and kind to everyone. And this is how it should be. You know, this is how we should work together. Um, and Sweeney was no exception to that. You're working with Tim Burton, an incredible artur, you know, who spends so much time in his head and has a great support around him. And, and you're just watching this genius at work. It's like fucking fascinating. It's so funny. So the, the a lot of people lately have been talking about this like so, supposed like Twilight resurgence. For me, Twilight never went away. Twilight was the beginning of my career at MTV. I had I had a great deja vu moment recently when Ashley Green, Ashley Green's been doing a podcast, like looking back at Twilight. And I came on and I talked a little bit about my experience just on the periphery of it. And you had a kind of a cool vantage point on it. Like you you were in it, but you didn't like you weren't like besieged like everybody else. You kind of like dip in and out of it. Is it true, first of all, like that you were you up for Edward? Did you do the audition for Edward for Catherine Hardwick? Is that yes. a true story? That is a true story. And I have an email from um, I think it's from Wick Godfrey at Summit that I think I looked at this like a year ago or two years ago. Because I remember Catherine had a house down in Santa Monica, and I remember I was like driving, I thought I was driving past the house. I was like, Holy shit, I remember all of this going on now. So I like pulled up the, I was like Twilight, gotta find this email. And they were really interested in me reading for Edward. And they were like, you know, the, the sort of like the dedication that Jamie brings to his roles, you know, we're really interested in seeing him and all of this and all of that. And it just, it didn't work out at the time because it was around the same time that I think Sweeney was being released is when they were interested in seeing me. And I think life was just so crazy and hectic. It was one of those things that just never came to fruition. And yet, you know, cut to 
movie too and they're like hey want to come and play a bad guy i was like yeah i'd love to but also i i like was not great in that audition either (laughs) i remember were were you with kristen did you play opposite her no no so i never screen tested or never auditioned for edward like i it was more of just like a conversation where they were like we we really want jamie to come along we'd love him to be a part of this we see him as a potential edward and it just like it didn't work out but then when i went back to read for caius i remember like i was still so young i was like 19 and i forgot the lines and i said i was really sorry in the audition and i remember my agent at the time called me and they and afterwards and they were like the audition was fine just never say sorry in an audition ever again (laughs) project absolute confidence you nailed it never don't apologize yeah yeah which i I, which is not a note i've ever taken with me by the way so you know i still say sorry if i get things (laughs) wrong because accountability right so um yeah like it was that was a that was a crazy time too yeah wild was was Potter always? Were you up for other Potter roles, or was it always Grindelwald uh, back then? Mate, I was up for Harry. I I I yeah. So they came to my school uh, to look for uh, potential Potters or potential cast members, and pulled me out of a bunch of people, and so I went to go to the audition and i think correct me if i'm wrong but isn't the first potter chris didn't chris do the first Potter? chris did the first chris white columbus that's right yeah of course so going again you know so if you go back to twilight you know seeing chris again so i went to go and meet chris when i was oh 14. oh you're talking about chris chris white's no chris white's didn't do potter chris columbus did Potter, Chris Columbus, Rice, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. Chris Columbus, that's right. Sorry, yes. confusion there. So I went to go and meet Chris Columbus in London for the first Harry Potter, and they'd asked us to prepare a joke. And I had just heard this joke about a fairy, like uh, the reason why the fairy sits on top of the Christmas tree. And it, it, it's a really, like, dirty joke because it's a christmas tree up somebody's bottom and i told this joke in in the audition and there was again this sort of just like air of just like silence after i said it and i was like well fuck that up um so yeah that that was something that like i was asked to to be a part of and then you know i had i had friends uh, in that sphere in the potter universe and I work with Simon Beresford, who represents me in London, who I've worked with since Sweeney, who got me Sweeney, um, also represents Ray Fines. So when they were sort of looking for somebody to come in and, and potentially play a young Grindelwald, you know, they were asking the people that they knew. And, and Simon said, well, Jamie's now, you know, properly working and is not telling too many rude jokes anymore you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was a phase when he was 11 years old he was telling really nasty dirty jokes but he's grown out of it <laughs> yeah being a little turd um <laughs> and and so they were like yeah of course like let's let's get him in and um and so i was very fortunate in that sense where it was like let's do this let's 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 you know let's play this role 
Amazing. Before we jump uh, uh, forward to both the music and Stranger Things, I do want to mention, because you've been so honest, and I know it's helped a lot of people, and obviously only talk about as much as you're comfortable, but you, you know, you've talked about sobriety, and you tweeted about it, and I know that must mean so much to so many young people, because you know, as you well know, mental health is not talked about, especially for young men, like talked openly about like these kind of struggles. And I'm just curious, like looking back, like, do you tie any of what you've been through in with the work, with the industry, with the pressures that you felt? Or was this all just going to happen anyway? This is just like genetic and, you know, predispositions and the stuff that you were going to go through. I mean, looking back, you must have had time to sort this out and think this through about sort of the genesis of, of what you've gone through. Look, I, for me, I, I, growing up, was a very anxious child, probably one of the reasons why I told a lot of dirty jokes, um, <laughs> probably the reason why I sought attention in some way as well. Um, it was this feeling of not being able to fully comprehend, come to terms with the deep emotions that I had within me. I always found that quite scary growing up. Um, I also suffered in, with what we call, you know, a, a spiritual malady. I, I had this big hole in my body and in my sort of being that that I just didn't know how to kind of fill. And when I discovered alcohol, it was like all of this fear goes away. It just it just disappears, and you marry that with an inability to you know know my know the fact that i don't have an off switch it's right. it's a catalyst for like for total disaster also you know for me there was this feeling of like wanting almost to kind of i think because i wasn't able to 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 like i was saying to fully grasp who i was there was also this feeling of wanting to self-destruct in some way um and, and and so my addiction was a very isolating and, and lonely place for me. Um, it, it, it wasn't, it's, you know, it's not like it really is made out to be in, you know, the movies with rock stars where it's like you're touring the world, taking a load of drugs. It's, the reality is, is that often, you know, you're spending a large amount of time on your own and wanting to be on your own with your chosen substance right um and and that that you know also creates a, a really deep level of depression and so the the whole cycle is incredibly cyclical just one thing feeds and feeds into another and i would never ever say that it was any any fault of any career that i had chosen i i could have been a chartered accountant and and done the same thing you know right. I, I i think it was just it was just who i am and it's funny my i don't think my mom would mind me talking about this like my mom always saw it in me she was like you need to stay away from certain things and i was like ah don't be silly like i'm a kid like i'll do what i want to do but she was right you know and yeah. and i needed to experience that for myself but one of the things that came up for me as i was as I was preparing for for Stranger Things, like I've always been very open and vocal about both my mental and my friends' battles with mental health and, and with addiction. 
Um, but one of the things that came up for me particularly whilst I was prepping for the show was if I can stand up anywhere and talk about my experience and it just inspires one person who's feeling the same way, then I've, then that's it. I'm good. Like I, I feel like I've done, I've, I feel like I've done as much as I, as much as I can do sort of publicly, privately, I will always help people, but publicly I'll be like, look, this is me. This is the experience that I went through. I made a decision with the help of many others and something that guides me. And it's put me in a position now that I never dreamt was possible ever. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. talk to me when I was 25, 24, I didn't think I'd make it to 27. You know, I really, really didn't. And, and so that, that journey to be able to share that with people across the board. Grace said something beautiful. Grace, who plays Chrissy in the show, you know, she's talking about her, this was over the weekend at this convention that we were at, and she was saying that, you know, addiction and struggle does not pertain to one particular thing. It's not, I'm an, you know, I'm an alcoholic and therefore that's it, you know, and only alcoholics can, can understand this and listen to this. It's like, no, these are all, your addictions can go anywhere and can go everywhere. And I know that my addictions have gone everywhere. You know, I can cross addict into food, into exercise, often into work, which is great because now I'm able to like really become obsessed with jobs, which I love. Well, it's a manifestation of, of other issues. It's not in and of itself the thing. It's connected to every other hole and wanting and problem that we're we're trying to ignore and and, and push away and it's it's not you know it, it, as you say it's 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 all connected and uh, honestly you know this but like every word you've just spoken and i see it in the chat just now in the live chat like it means so much to people and you should know that like like sharing yourself so openly on that like it, it does make a real difference. So um, I'm glad you're doing, you've been through this journey and come out the other side. And I know it's a day by day thing, but but I'm glad today you're doing well, man. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank um, you so much. Pretty sweet. So, so let's talk a little, let's talk about the music because the music's great. Um, you have, and I know this has always been a passion. You, you talk about this from, from childhood, but um, you have the new single that you released, the video. I think the video is more haunting than anything Vecna does. Watching you and I am, that's, that's the chilling stuff. The pre this preacher guy, I don't want to fuck with him. That guy, that guy scares me. <laughs> what, what does music do for you that acting doesn't? Or is it, or is it filling the same well? Um, talk to me a little bit about what you get out of it. It, it does in some way fill the same well. Um, it's it's interesting art for me is always about connecting to the deepest possible truth and acting as you know from my side of things is largely to do with the way it's written if 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 on the page there is this undeniable universal truth the job is like, it's a dream. It's, it, it's everything. It, you're like, fuck, you're talking to me. I love, I, you know, we get the same feeling from watching something as we do from performing it. Right. Um, you know, and to go back to Stranger Things, you know, the way Matt and Ross write is just it, the whole show. Yes. Okay. Whilst we're in this, you know, world of, of, you know, 11 having superpowers and, 
Brenner and, you know, Russia and yeah, all of this kind of crazy exterior. It's peppered with these beautiful moments of reality. And that comes from the writers. Um, same thing with music. It's like I'm always trying to tap into something that is really deep within me. Um, now, with, you know, with acting, obviously, you are saying someone else's words. Right. You're the conduit like for I someone say, else in a way. And this is direct communication. This is from your heart and soul, I would think. You would hope. <laughs> That's you the goal. Hope. That's the whole, yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, it, 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 it does fill the creative need within me. Um, that being said, you know, it, 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 it comes when it comes. It's not, it's not an easy journey. It's not an easy road. There are weeks where I will write things down or I will write songs and it's just absolute piffle. It's just awful. And I have to keep plugging away at it to make sure that I'm really like cutting through to the heart of, 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 of what I want to be talking about and who who I am, um, but it's music has just always serviced this need and this desire that acting has serviced too, which is to feel free. It's this freedom that I get when I am on stage, whether it be acting or doing music, and I'm doing something that means a lot to me or something that's resonating with me, I feel the most free I have ever felt in my life. And, and that feeling is a feeling that I will chase until the end of time. <laughs> I don't know how free you feel when you get your eight hours of makeup to play full on Vecna. I wouldn't think it is freeing. It's like, they can't see me. I can do anything. Like you I am hidden and I have, I, I, it must feel like uh, extraordinary to step on set. I mean, it, the story's already been told. Like when you stepped out in that full regalia, you reduced poor Millie Bobby Brown to tears. I mean, it was that, that's a, that's a credit to you and a credit to the makeup artists of what they're able to create in this environment. But um, I, want, I want to talk a little bit about your interpretation because, um, man, it, it works on so many levels. I know you've talked about like finding the voice and that took a little trial and error. What was the, what was the worst version of the voice? What was the one that like, that, what was the, what was the, what was the one that you regret even toying with? Can you give me any <laughs> hint of what it sounded like? Give me the shit Vecna. Uh, I want shit Vecna. Shit Vecna. I, I think that I think the worst was the worst was probably at the read through, if I'm being honest, because I had never really done it in front of anyone before. So I was so nervous about it. And and shit Vecna, shit Vecna, oh, he sounds very constipated. <laughs> you know, he's he's like this, you know, it's time, Chrissy. You know, he's, like... <laughs> he's holding it all in. It's just sort of like, oh, man, I can't believe I just did that. It was not good. It was not great. Um, yeah, that was that was shit. Shit, Beckner, both you know, metaphorically and literally. If we're talking oh. about constipation, so, yeah. Looking forward, I mean, the, the excitement of this is not only what you've accomplished in season four, but you know, you're the big bad, like for the for the end end game. Like this is it. This is the guy. He's coming back in a big way. Um, I know you probably know no nothing. The actors never know anything until it's time to get on set. Is that true? Still, you're in the dark. Yes. Oh wait. <laughs> oh, you do know. So, have you seen scripts? Have you seen anything? No, 
I haven't seen anything. I've seen nothing. Wow, I, I jumped the gun. You know stuff. Jamie knows stuff. <laughs> who who okay, you've you've played opposite a lot of talented actors. Who are you excited to potentially play with that you haven't yet in the Stranger Things cast? I would love to, I, I I've mentioned this before. I, I would really love to um to 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 see a journey between Beckner and Will. I, I do think that there is unfinished business there between the two of them. I, I, I am a huge fan of the show and I know that, you know, from, uh, from sort of skulking around the internet, there are people who are suggesting that we may have seen Beckner in season one, um, you know, and, 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 I, and I would love to kind of explore that relationship with Will. Purely, I think also because like visually when I watch the show, you know, like when Will is like in bed and, and you know, uh, and, and Winona's having to like, up the temperature like that's a lot like that's a lot that's it's very scary and and i love scary so i i'd like to see more of scary sold all right i want to run through a bunch of questions we've got a ton of questions um we'll, we'll, we'll get through, through as many of these as possible in our remaining time with jamie um here's one that i was not aware of until this person wrote this down and then i looked it up so sage hannah wants to know hey can you please ask jamie bauer to say stop it behave yourself I need this. Are you so you must be aware of this? I did. Then I went to YouTube, and sure enough, there are tens of thousands of views on compilations of you saying, "Stop it, behave yourself." Is this like a go-to? Is this like your go-to phrase that I don't that I was unaware of? I I, I think it was. I, being British, I'm very unable to sort of handle any form of um, praise, and um, "stop it, behave yourself" was sort of a shutdown. Uh, it was like, <laughs> no, don't do that. Let's move on. Like that's making me feel funny. Um, so I am aware of it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Jess wants to know if you were made to choose between acting and music and could do only one for the rest of your life, which would you choose? It's a hard one. I know. Death, 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 death. Can't do it. <laughs> um, avocado says, hi, Jamie, with the massive success of your newest single, I am, and you currently residing in the U S would you ever consider touring across the country? Yes, I would love to. Um, it's been something that I've spoken about with the great group of people that I work with. Um, for me, I really want to, when I go out on tour, do shows in strange places or do shows in places that you wouldn't normally expect to see a touring artist to go to. So, you know, for instance, like I took a bunch of crazy pictures out in this little town called Mayfield, um, Georgia, whilst we were working and that was for the music. And I'd love to go to small towns like Mayfield, Georgia, and like play in some like old abandoned church building um, and just bring a rig with me. I also remember like watching documentaries of Bob Dylan um, and he would drive himself in the um, in, in this Winnebago, you know, across the country when he was touring. That for me is something that I would love to do. It's, you know, for me, it's about making the entire experience of living an artistic experience. So if I can drive myself, you know, across the country to go and play a show, I will. And that's what I want to do. So yes, that, that, that is the plan. We're slowly but surely kind of getting there. Um, I want to have enough material to be able to put on a really great show for people. Um, but yeah, it's out there. It's in, it's in the, it's in the universe. 
here's a question. Who would you most like to play in a biopic? And specifically, they're mentioning um, musicians. They mentioned David Bowie, Kurt Cobain. Have you ever dreamed of playing a musician, a real-life musician in a biopic? Yeah, I, I, I would always be interested in, in playing a musician in a biopic. I mean, the, the, the Bowie um, movie that Johnny Flynn did was something that was floating around my universe for a minute. And I think the thing that the thing that scares me about that is, you know, it's it, it's seemingly very difficult um, logistically to obtain both the rights to the story and the music, and the music. Yep. combined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I think if if um, if the project was right, I would definitely do a Bowie thing. It would be scary, but it would be something that I would be very, very interested in doing. But there's like a script that has been floating around since I was like 19. Um, it's not a biopic about a real rock star, but it is a biopic about a musician. And I remember reading it and there's still part of that character that's like exists within me. Um, and I've sort of tried to kind of get it sort of bring it back to life again but you know everyone's kind of moved on it's been it's been like 16 years everyone's like no, you're like still here still here <laughs> yeah 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 nobody's but sometimes i agree sometimes those like those kind of pseudo masked like biopics are the best like that 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 even like todd haynes like i'm not there that was kind of about dylan but kind of an interesting interpretation velvet goldmine like these ones that are kind of like they're not the literal biopic but like using that persona multiple personas that life as a a means to express something bigger about the musician are, are kind of the coolest ones in a way um i mean so. i'm not there like that film it, for me is just like such a huge part of my you know cinematic archive as it were you know blanchett's perform i mean everyone's performance in it you know even down to ben Wishaw just sat in that you know, courtroom smoking cigarettes. I mean, aesthetically, I'm just like, oh, fuck, come on. <laughs> um, but like, you know, Blanche's performance in that film, performance in anything is fucking yeah. ridiculous. But yeah. like, she just crushed it. Like, mind blowing. Did, did you have, you mentioned like Wishaw, and I, I, I wonder like, did you have like a group, like a peer group? Like, I, you know, you're, you're a little younger than like the Pattinsons and the McAvoys and the Hiddlestons. So I'm curious, like, did you have like a, a kind of a group that you feel you came of age with back home or no? Yeah, well, kind of. I mean, you know, Redmayne, um, Sturridge, Pattinson, we were all kind of when we were in our sort of they were a little bit older than me, like you say, but we would all do the same kind of photo shoots together. So, you right. know, those like up and coming actor shoot. So we always find ourselves on set. And then, you know, it's like you'd see Rob just like jet off into the stratosphere. And it, you know, I felt like we were kind of like old versions of like Peter O'Toole sat in bars, smoking yep. cigarettes, drinking, being like fucking jaded, you know, being like bastard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there were, there were kind of a few of us and it's it's always really nice, you know, like, when I went back to go and do that really brief thing that I did in um, in Fantastic Beast, you know, Eddie came into the trailer and like came and gave me this big hug and was like, it's so good to see you, man. Like, I haven't seen you forever. So there were kind of, yeah, I was kind of part of that group, but also kind of removed from it too. Yeah. I never... I guess I've always suffered from this like imposter syndrome where I'm like, I'm not fucking meant to be here. What the hell's going on? 
I always say this, all the best ones have imposter syndrome. If you think you belong, then I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I don't, they, they don't have <laughs> confidence. You, the good ones doubt themselves every single day, no matter how successful they are. Um, you are, correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to be working with Kevin Costner, and not just Kevin Costner, but on a Kevin Costner-directed Western. I'm very excited for this. Kevin is a great director. He knows Westerns. Um, this is the next gig? Yes, sir. What's, yes, the, what's uh, the prep? I'm, Have you ever done anything like this? I don't feel like I've seen this on the resume before. No, it's funny. I, I've never I've never been in a Western. Um, but interestingly enough, with the way that my music has been going since January of this year, it, it all felt it's all felt very serendipitous. You know, it's like run on had this like, you know, obviously Johnny Cash covered it um, and and. and you know, the, the look of the video that we made had this like kind of Western feel to it so much so that we even used a grading when we were editing, you know, this Western grade on it. Um, and through to I Am as well, which was a song that I made, I think before, like I even got the gig with Kevin. So it has felt like everything's been sort of leading up to this moment. And then now, you know, I'm really immersing myself in, in the world of sort of more modern Westerns and, and picking out characters that for me, um, you know, for me are helping me build this person that I, that I like and the character that I'd like to see on the screen when I'm watching it. Um, so, you know, it's like I'm watching movies like Bone Tomahawk and like The Proposition. Uh, you know, I, I, I went back to... Yeah, I went back to Django Unchained just because Leo's performance in that is so great and so visceral. You know, I've got the 310 to humor that I've got to watch as well. And like yeah, assassination. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a sort of endless list that I'm immersing myself in. I'm also putting posters up around my house of Western films. I've got this, you know, great poster of like Kurt Russell that I'm about to put up. So like Tombstone. I'm, I'm really, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really getting into it. Um, this is a this I, is a more I, I, pleasant I, 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 mood board than the uh, Stranger Things mood board. This is not quite as dark as not, the Vecna mood board. Not necessarily. This I'll tell you this much: the man ain't that nice. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> with with the baddies that you're so good at, how have you not played an evil imperial officer in Star Wars yet? D Donald Gleason stole uh, your gig, basically. I think, and I love look, Donald. I. I love Donald too, but I'm I'm going to be honest with you, Josh. I'm gunning for James Bond. I uh, not not to play Bond, but to be a villain in Bond. And I remember before Rami did the film, I was like, I'm going to be the first person, you know, like under thirty to do it. It's going to be a. And then Rami comes along and just like kills it, and I'm like, damn it, <laughs> damn it, I wanted to do that. Um, so there's still I, I would time. Love that. I've always said that there's still oh, time. There's still time. What's your, what's your villain? Do you have a do you, you want you want a scar a uh, an affectation? What's your what's your? Uh... I, you know what? I actually have no idea. I, that's a very good question. I think it's just the dream of being the villain. I'm like, oh, you need, hey, you have the constipated Vecna voice. You have that ready. So just recycle <laughs> that. I I love. I don't know what I could do with it. I think it's always it's also because like I always felt like. There's a point, I think, in every, like, British actor's career where we go, I'm never going to be Bond. It's never going to happen. Look at me. <laughs> and then you go, well, what can I do? Oh, I could be the villain. That could be fun. Um, yeah. So I got, I got to the understanding that I'd never play Bond. <laughs> yes, like, 
It'd be the campest James Bond ever. Let's be honest. <laughs> the martini would have like a little umbrella in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd watch it. These folks would watch it. We'd all watch it. Look, you could play, I was going to say Q, but Ben's got that on lockdown. Wishaw's got that. So we'll find a role for you in the Bond franchise. Um, okay. I'm so happy for all of the success, man. And it's, it, look, it, it's been a journey and the journey will continue. And um, I mean, I don't need to say it for this audience, but obviously the music continues. Check out. So are we going to see more singles? I know it's not necessarily an album forthcoming, but more music on its way. Yeah, more music on its way in varying different formats and varying different degrees. I, I think, you know, for me, also doing the music is offering me an experience to direct my own videos more so now. So, right. and that's something that I think eventually I would love to a attack in the feature world um, and, and, and get into. Um, so, um, yeah, more music, more continuation of the story, just more art in general, just, just continuing to make art and, and, and put it out there for as long as humanly possible. Uh, amazing. Continued success, man. It's been great to track what you've been up to. Congratulations again. We'll talk, I'm sure, more about the music and Stranger Things and, and, and your next baddie with Mr. Kevin Costner. Um, it's been a real pleasure to catch up, man. I hope you're, I hope you stay well. And, um, anytime you need me, I'm here in my little Zoom box for you. Josh, you're so sweet. It's been a long, long time. And for those people who who, who have either just made it or or, um, or or don't know, Josh, you know, has interviewed me a lot over my career, and it's been so nice to kind of see you again. And I remember seeing you on the carpet at MTV, uh, you know, and, and and just gone, and and just feeling like, wow, man, this is crazy. So thank you. I'm really, really grateful. Well done, you you know, I'll see you around. I, I'm here. I'm here for you. I love, yeah. And for the record, our last uh, uh, interview on the carpet was with the three of you, Eduardo, Joe, and you. And I think I asked you to uh, make your answer so short that we could fit into a 30 second um, <laughs> bite for TV. So I apologize for that. I'm glad today we had an opportunity to have a real chit chat. Um, hope to see you in real life, buddy, again soon. And uh, again, thanks everybody for watching today. Thanks to Jamie Campbell-Bauer. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Thank you. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs>